It's time. It's time. Passcode accepted. Now loading the Down South IT Podcast. Glad to have you with me. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Coming to you from the heart of Cajun country where Mother Nature seems to be throwing out temperatures around here like lotto numbers. 18, 24, 36, 64. You know how it goes. I'm sure you're probably dealing with the same thing. Glad to have you all with me again this this week. I do apologize for everything being pushed a week. I had a couple of emergencies for work that I just could not get away from, so I couldn't exactly record, but here we are. I'm just going to push everything back a week, and we're just going to roll with it because that's what we do. And speaking of the weather and just rolling with it, hit up the merch store. You can grab yourself a hoodie or a long sleeve shirt. Right now, go go on to the website, downsouthitpodcast.com. Right at the top, you'll see the link for the merch store right there at the top. You can't miss it. Go ahead and head over over there. Check out, see if you like some of the designs for the hoodies, T-shirts. Pick up a T-shirt. Just any of them, any of the designs are going to be $17.99. Everything that goes on that site, all of the clothes that I sell on there are anything because there's more than just clothes. But anything I sell on there goes straight toward the podcast, helps me do some cool builds and different things like that. Just kind of helps support the, the podcast and the channel. If you can, go ahead over there, head, check that out while you're there. And while you're on the website, you can. there's a whole bunch of cool stuff up there that you can take a look at. It. Build guides, Defender newsletter, all kinds of cool stuff. If you missed any of the previous shows, you can go back right there on the homepage and look at the embedded player. Everything that is posted is there. You can go ahead and listen to it right there through your browser. And if you really want to follow along, then right underneath the browser, there's a show prep button. Click on that and that'll bring you to the show prep so you can follow along. All the links and research and everything else that I do for the show is right there for you. So if you want to go back and read the articles that I'm referencing, you're more than welcome to do that. I do provide that for you, so you can check that out right then and there. If you want to find some of the back episodes from previous seasons, while you're in the show prep, look under under that box. There's actually a show prep archive. That's all the previous seasons. So that'll have seasons one through nine. The current one is just the regular show prep that's up there right now. So that way it's a little bit easier to find. So, but if you looked at the title of today's podcast you're going to notice that it's twinsies and that's because i got a twofer for you both of them having to do with security in one form or another but both of them will have a pretty big bit impact on you if you use either one of these services be it bitwarden the password manager or if you happen to use atms a lot because these two stories that i came across both of them have to do with security and again you kind of need to know about. So I'm going to go ahead and let you know. 
So the first story is actually, it's been out for a little bit now, and it's actually have an update, and I'm going to get to the update in just a minute. But basically what happens is if you use Bitwarden or 1Password or LastPass or any other password manager, this kind of goes into what you need to know whenever you're actually using it. So the whole thing with this is Bitwarden kind of got called out a little bit, and what it is is whenever you're filling out something online, if you're filling out a form, say a box with the text boxes within it, that text box form might not be hosted by the same site that you are actually trying to visit. A lot of bigger companies will farm this out to third parties, to you know some kind of database uh, vendor or you know, something along that line. They'll use a third party for this sometimes. It's not all the time, but a, a good majority of the time. And basically, they'll that third party will be kind of an intermediary between the data that you need to access for the site that you're on. And they will also do the check-in or the second factor authentication part of logging into a website so they're the ones that actually do the checking. So what was found out was that when you're using Bitwarden or one of these other you know, third-party uh, password managers, the password and the particular URL for the website is saved as a pair. And what happens with Bitwarden is they actually, the way that Bitwarden was designed was that instead of just using the only the the login URL and password, what would happen is that Bitwarden would actually use any subdomain of the website that you were going to. Now, just to break it down a little further, whenever you're going to a website, say you go to your banks like Chase, for instance, when you type in chase.com, chase.com is the domain that is the absolute domain anything that is is a subdomain would be whatever would be before it and then the dot so if it was account.chase.com the account whole subdomain would be considered a like i said it would be considered a subdomain but bitwarden would actually if you went to that subdomain it would still autofill your password which normally under normal circumstances is not a big deal because you're going to a specific website for a specific reason. And nine times out of 10, that website is going to be, you know, one that you actually type out or you do a Google search and, you know, get to it that way. So usually you're going to get to the site that you intend to get to. Now, if you're going through emails, through a text message, through you know, some kind of third party, something like that. You could be sent a link to either an older page that is still being hosted or to a dummy page that could be corrupted. And what happens is if that happens and you go to one of those corrupted pages, then your, your information would still autofill and whoever is running the site would still be able to see what you auto-filled, even though it comes up as dots or asterisk on your, your end, 
the person, they, they need the actual information. So they're able to see what you actually typed in or auto filled in in this case. So if you happen to end up with a less than reputable site or something like that, your information would automatically fill in and then whoever's running that site would be able to see your username and password without even basically without trying. So you're kind of just giving them the information. So that's one part of it that could be very bad. And so far, the idea is basically their fix is turn off autofill. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of a very rudimentary thing to turn it off. And, you know, so you don't have quite the the same functionality if you're using one. But, you know, if you're using if you're going to a reputable site that you know of and that you trust, then you shouldn't really have any problems. The other problem is that, again, going back to what I started with, whenever you doing the form that you actually fill in, that might not be the exact, per, you know, the same company that you're doing. Somebody else may host just that part to do the login and then the company just basically checks it and then lets it through. So if whoever created that, or if the company that is doing that, that hosting for just that little form has been corrupted in some type of way, then again, your information stolen and then it's off to the races. Again, this is not something that most people are going to end up dealing with because a lot of times you're going to a trusted site just from a site that you have saved. It's one that you actually type out the URL. So you should not have any problems with this, even if it is, even if your autofill is on. But if you wanted to take more of a precaution, you could turn it off. That way you double check to make sure that, yes, there is a lock in the, the top symbol by the URL indicating that it's a secured website. You can do that. The only problem is a lot of times, just because it says that it's a secured website, it really doesn't mean a whole lot, unfortunately, at least nowadays, because I, I can get into a whole spiel about that, but that's definitely for another time in another place. I may do that in another episode later on, but for right now, basically all you need to know is if you really kind of concerned about this, go into the settings of your password manager and turn autofill off. That way you can double check, make sure the website that you're on is legitimate, that you trust it. And before you actually go through and say, okay, tap the username and let it do the autofill. Now again, Bitwarden kind of got called out on this because of the, the fact that they do subdomains and different things like that. You can read all of this again in the, the articles that I have referenced on the show prep. You can check that out, downsouthitpodcast.com. Everything will be right there. But now since all of this has actually happened and come to light, granted, it's only been maybe a week, <laughs> maybe top 10 days tops that this has happened. Bitwarden has already said they're going to be pushing an update next week, saying that they're going to go ahead and filter out any kind of odd or weird URLs. So if it's not one that you save specifically to your vault, so the URL and password combination that you saved or one that they have in their database as a trusted website, then it'll either not autofill or if you tap your username to do the autofill part, it'll actually give you a warning to say, hey, this is, 
not a trusted website. It's not in our database. Do you want to continue? Yes or no. And at that point, then you're on your own. If you do happen to see something like that and it pops up, I would suggest you not do the autofill and then go back and find or retype that website again. Because the last thing you want is to give somebody free, free reign over your account, especially if it's a bank or something along that line. You know, the money can be gone, poof, right quick and in a hurry. So I would highly suggest that if you see something along that line, definitely do not autofill, do not do that. Back out, close the browser, start again from scratch, and then go, go from there. So like I said, Bitwarden has already addressed the issue. They're going to be pushing out an update next week to do just what I said, you know, put out a warning, all of that. So if you do happen to use Bitwarden or another password manager, kind of be on the lookout because not at one of them has done this. More of them, they're probably going to tighten up and you're going to see that in future updates from all of the other ones, more than likely. So you should probably see something floating around on the password manager you use shortly, if I had to guess. That tends to be how a lot of this stuff works is once one vulnerability is found, everybody else kind of tightens up their their product to follow suit. So the next group of articles is about using an ATM. And they do have some weird scams that come across when you do talk about ATMs. Of course, there's skimmers and cameras and all kinds of weird stuff that people will try to get your card number and your PIN number to be able to drain your bank account. But this one happens to be a new one and they call it the glue and tap. So in this scam, what ends up happening is, now this works best if you have two ATMs that are close and or side by side, but the scammer is actually gonna be at one of them. The other one is gonna have a dab of glue or silicone or something like that in the card slot that prevents you from actually putting your card in. Now, a lot of the ATMs nowadays, especially with touchless pay and different things like that, are using the RF ability of a credit card or a debit card to be able to log in to their ATM. Now, Chase is kind of famous for this one, but I know other banks do it also, but most of the ones from this are at a Chase bank. So this is kind of one, if you use Chase, this might be one to kind of look out for. So the scam is somebody's next to you, you walk up to the ATM, they look like they're just doing their normal thing. You try to put your card in and it doesn't go all the way in or it doesn't feed, something's jammed, it doesn't look right, you know, it doesn't fit in right. And they just kind of helpingly kind of look over and say, hey, you could use the, you can tap your card on there and log in. And lo and behold, you try it, you tap your card and you're in, and then you're able to do whatever you're, what it is you're doing. And then you finish up your transaction and you walk away. What no one tells you is that when you do the tap function like that on an ATM, it logs you in, but until you actually see, hit the button to say end transaction and log out or, and or log out, it depends on the system. But if, if you don't, in transactions and you know and everything you'll stay logged in for like five minutes or something like that until it times out and then it'll it'll cancel itself but if you walk away and you're still logged in thinking that okay i got my receipt i'm done you know i'm finished and everything and you walk away 
the guy that was standing next to you that was so helpful telling you about the tap part just basically goes in and drains your account and then walks away with your money because you didn't log out fully. So this one kind of comes around to just paying attention to your surroundings, making sure everything is finished. If you log out and everything's good, you know, like you normally would, you shouldn't have any kind of issue like that. But if you're in a hurry, you get distracted, something happens and you happen to do the little tap function and forget to hit the button, then the guy that's standing next to you may end up getting some of your cash. So just be aware of that. And also while I was poking around and saw this all of the stuff on ABC News, there is a news break, hot damn. My phone loves to go off whenever I'm recording for some reason, and I am always forget to mute it whenever I do that. But anyway, we'll go through and I went and found some ATM safety rules. And these are from the American Bankers Association. And I'm actually going to give you theirs. And then I'm going to give you a couple of my own too that I've noticed just working in retail and different things like that. So just to kind of give you the heads up and the skinny. First up, be aware of your surroundings, particularly at night. If you observe or sense something suspicious, don't use the machine at that time. Find another one. Have your ATM card ready and in your hand as you approach. Don't wait to get to the ATM and then take your card out. Have it ready. That way all you got to do is just walk up and go. Visually inspect the ATM for possible skimming devices. Potential indicators include sticky residue or evidence of an adhesive used to affix something over the card reader. It'll, they'll have scratches, you know, paint chips and different things like that. My, my big tip with skimmers, especially on ATMs or even gas pumps, if you're going to a gas pump and something doesn't look right, it doesn't look shady, grab the bottom of where you slide your card in. Grab that bottom part and yank on it. There should be no movement at all. The door should be steady. The door should not move because it's locked. And there should be no kind of movement from the actual card swiper itself if anything moves go to a different pump just in case now granted a lot of gas pumps and stuff like that they'll have the tape over all of the, the different joints that if they open it they have to break that seal you know a lot of these skimmers they just throw these on right on top of that so those seals are still going to look right the skimmers can be very very tiny and and basically almost look like nothing's there there's got some that are very tiny. They have some, especially when you go into grocery stores and ATMs and stuff like that. It is a whole form-fitted plastic piece that fits completely over the piece that's there. So if you think it's weird, I do this at just about every ATM and gas pump. Just pull on that part. If it comes off, bring it inside. If it's outside at night, take the sucker, hunk it in the, hunk it in the parking lot. Because that is definitely a skimmer and somebody got, got hosed. If nothing else, call the cops, let them know. But yank on, the, yank on the, the card reader and that will tell you if you got a skimmer or not. Next up, be careful. No one can see you enter your pin at the ATM. Use your other hand or body to shield the ATM keyboard as you enter your pin. The other thing that you want to do with this too is... If you do that and shield it, 
take your whole hand and put your hand over all the numbers to touch as many as you can. There's some people that can that have thermal cameras that can come like if somebody's standing behind you, they could have a thermal camera and they would just pull that up, look, and they can tell just from the heat of your fingers on the buttons what your pin is. But if you put your whole hand on it, say why you waiting for it to log in and then take it off, there's virtually no chance they'll be able to do that. I know that sounds like something out of a, a James Bond movie or some kind of spy novel, but I guarantee you it happens. Next up, to keep your account information confidential, always take your receipts or transaction records with you. Don't leave the receipt hanging there. They do have identifying information like your name and a few things like that. It will not give the entire entirety of your account number, but to somebody who's resourceful, that's enough information to at least start going after you. Do not count or visually display any money you receive from the ATM. Immediately fold it, put it in your pocket or purse, count it later. If something happens and the ATM actually gave you the wrong amount, go back to the bank later and try to settle up. It's not worth doing it right then and there because it's a whole hullabaloo. Last, if you're using a drive-up ATM, be sure a passenger windows are rolled up, all the doors are locked. Leave If you have to leave your car, to go to the ATM, lock your car, which kind of should go without saying, but here it is. They do have a few things, especially for nighttime ATM use. Park close to the ATM in a well-lit area. Take another person with you, if at all possible. If the lights at the ATM are not working, then don't use it. I would say even if they have lights in the parking lot that are dim or the whole area isn't well-lit, I wouldn't even worry about going, stopping at that branch, find somewhere that, you know, there's, there's other ways to get cash if you need it. There's no sense in, in doing something that, that could happen and having something happen later. If something's dark, it looks weird, it looks suspicious, just keep driving. There's no point. If there's shrubbery or it's overgrown in front of the ATM or a tree blocks the view, Find another ATM and notify the bank. That way they can go in and trim it and you know make it to where it's visible. Usually they want these visible to the road so that if you happen to be at the ATM, somebody from the road can see, you know, see your back while you're there and you can see the traffic. Just in case. You know, there's no sense in going do something if if you're hidden. And there you have it. Between password managers and ATM safety. I just want you guys to be safe out there, try to make the best decisions you can. Hopefully you get a little something out of this and maybe even get you thinking a little bit about kind of just situational awareness, you know, whenever you're at an ATM or even if you're paying at a grocery store or something like that, you just kind of want to pay attention to what's going on around you, make sure nothing weird's going down or anything like that. So, and again, if something looks weird, yank on that card slot. If there's a skimmer there, I guarantee it'll pop off. So with that, I'll go ahead and end it like I always do, paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this and going to be a little bit safer out there. Be careful. Be safe. I'll see you right back here on the next episode of the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.